Hey all, just a quick heads up before we get started. This episode was recorded this past summer, when unfortunately there was a big spike in reported hate crimes against Asian people. With that on our minds, Vanessa and I wanted to touch on Asian representation in media and MASH. But unfortunately, with complete honesty, we don't think we fully capture what we wanted to say, and more than likely mishandled it. In the interest of full disclosure, I wanted to let you know that this podcast is edited to remove some parts where we felt we are really speaking out of turn. Hopefully it's pretty seamless, but I felt weird not addressing it. Additionally, we are including some links to resources by people much smarter and more qualified than us discussing Asian representation in media, as well as where you can contact the show to continue the conversation and help us improve. Thank you for listening. On with the show. Welcome to Mash Mouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, Mash. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Ethan. And welcome to the show. Vanessa, how are you doing today? We're uh, finally at episode two. For a while, didn't seem like we'd get here, but now here we are. We're in it for the long haul. Started from the bottom and now we're here. Oh yeah. I feel like we shouldn't be celebrating until like episode five, but you know... <laughs> Yeah, let's enough. try to get through episode, or, uh, let's try to get through season one first and then we can celebrate you had to take the little victories so this episode was interesting uh do you want to get into it or is there anything that you want to bring up beforehand uh no yeah let's let's just get into it <laughs> So in this episode, when the 4077's allotment of vital medical supplies is stolen before it arrives, uh, Hawkeye and Trapper try to get it back by making a deal on the black market. I really like this episode. It was pretty fun. I like how we're kind of continuing them being like a little bit rebellious, but also all of their goals so far are like very noble. I like how that is a continuing thing for this series so far uh vanessa what did you think about it i thought it was uh i since it's been kind of a while since i watched season one of the show like the very first episodes of season one of the show it really struck me that they were trying to establish hawkeye and trapper as these goofs that were also good guys they were bad like we said in last week's episode they were bad guys but also they're good guys and i think that that's really funny that they kind of continued with that into episode two of the show and obviously it continues throughout the entire series but the next episode they established like whoa well this is this is we're doing this again so (laughs) i thought that was i thought that was interesting so what i really liked is that they were establishing henry more as this really goofy co like he's just a bad commanding officer um i love henry's character just he's just one of my favorite people in charge who just kind of shouldn't be in charge throughout all of any tv that i've ever seen i love it so in this episode when they find out that the medical supplies has been stolen uh, from black marketeers, Henry, the, Hawkeye and Trapper go into Henry and he says, well, what am I supposed to do about it? It's like, you're the commanding officer. What do you think you're supposed to do about it? It was, it was just so funny. Yeah, how they handled it with how the drugs were stolen and how like the military isn't doing anything for them because uh, it just doesn't fit in their like bureaucracy at that moment. It it does continue the kind of anti-war, anti-military stance that the show kind of takes uh, without it being like overbearing. It's just the the military in that moment isn't run well and doesn't kind of treat their uh 
doctors very well. Another thing that I really like about this episode and what I find particularly impressive about it is that everybody has such like established chemistry with each other already. Like they feel like they've been here for a long time. And for a lot of shows, like episode two, you're not going to get that kind of vibe yet. Like a lot of it takes time to kind of establish everything. But this feels more like ready to go than a lot of shows that even come out today. That's so funny that you say that because I when I was watching it, I actually felt almost the opposite, particularly in the part with uh, Frank and Margaret, where they are kind of like canoodling a little bit. So in the episode um, when Hawkeye and Trapper are going to trying to steal Henry's desk to trade to the black marketeers for the vital medical supplies that they were missing. Frank and Margaret happen upon them. And there's this one scene where they're very much like kind of like flirting and stuff like that. And in the previous episode, uh, it was kind of established that they had something going on. uh, But in this episode, in this scene, I felt like it seemed very new to me. And that was kind of an indication that this relationship might have been new because, you know, they haven't been there for that long. And especially since it's 1950, you know, I, I kind of got the sense that they have been there for a while, but also not that long. Um, maybe that the war had kind of just started or that, you know, they had just been transferred in or something like that. I think that that was I think that it's interesting that you felt kind of the almost exact opposite. I can't really speak to Margaret and Burns's relationship as much because you've seen more of the show. You kind of know where it goes, where these characters go more than I do. Um, but just on an actor chemistry level, they all have, they feel like they're in those roles for a long time and they kind of know who they're playing. Um, and I'm sure that they evolve over time. I'm sure that they like change and everyone is vastly different towards the end of the show but watching these first two episodes I didn't notice like any major kind of rustiness with them it was felt like very natural like they all kind of knew these characters knew each other yeah I'd say so I I would agree with that as well um I think just uh just from me kind of knowing the show and watching kind of watching it out of order at times when I'm watching syndicated uh episodes on you know, just TV when it's on, seeing it chronologically is very different than watching it and then watching it and knowing the characters and knowing the show so well, I think. That's really interesting. Like Radar, I love how they're establishing Radar because it's been a while since I watched it. And in my head, Radar is more of like a lapdog character, kind of like passive and not very like counterproductive of what Henry wants and everything. But in these first two episodes, he's like... Like pretty rebellious like he'll side with Hawkeye and Trapper and like go along with their schemes and like help them out and like in my head Radar is such like an innocent guy that I think it's very interesting that he's kind of going above his superior so often to granted doing like good things but yeah it's it's a fun part of his character that he is kind of a rapscallion as well if uh, I may use that word again. 
That's so funny because I actually noted down in my notes when I was watching the episode, I said Radar is such a G because he he is always, uh, th- this is kind of first establishing that he is, you know, on Hawkeye and Trapper's side. He is very much, he tries to do what's not going to get him in trouble and what's right, but he also kind of knows that what Hawkeye and Trapper do isn't necessarily the way the army would want it done, isn't following the rules, but it's still the right thing. What's funny about Radar's character in this episode, too, and in the first episode as well, is that they establish his character quirks pretty much like head on, like his radar sense where he gets his nickname. And even in this, uh, he's shoveling down food um, from the mess tent. And that's a joke throughout the show that like the food is really bad. But also that radar just like eats the food as if he's not even tasting it, that it's like this. He has this affinity for the army food that's so bad, but he, he just continues to eat it and eat it and eat it. And that's something that's central to the character throughout the entirety of him being on the show. And I thought that that was really funny that you know sometimes those small character quirks they dissipate throughout the show they're like written out and in this sense it's not the characters do change but there are aspects of them that are central to the character that are very consistent and i think that that's really funny that one very quick line from hawkeye while uh radar's eating and he's like oh well i come when i come back i'll pump your stomach for you and radar just kind of looks at him and he's like what do you mean i don't understand that's one of my (laughs) probably favorite lines from this episode just the way that the reaction was i thought was very funny so kind of getting more into the meat of this after they can't get medical supplies the right way they decide to go to the black market to get basically what was stolen from them Mm -hmm. and i i personally really liked this kind of place uh and this character that they meet it's very different than maybe what you would expect it to be uh because it's a very like chill kind of place that they go to the the black market's like a very yeah. relaxed environment and even the guy that they meet charlie is like just a chill guy and he's like when he's talking like oh don't worry our employees have a medical plan and our retirement benefits and i don't know i was just not expecting that kind of joke of like yeah they're they're chill guys in the black market I just thought it was funny. I think that's really funny, too, because it's like, you know, in in like war torn Korea, people like the Korean government wasn't treating its citizens well. But then the black market, it's kind of showing how the you know, how badly the Korean people had it of like the black market is treating them better than their government at this time. And it's just it's it's kind of I feel like it's a little bit of a callback to saying, you know, remember we're we're at war. You know what I mean? And what did you think of? of charlie because personally like i liked this character i liked how relaxed he was and how casual um how he spoke with them but i i know you have a bit more thoughts of how everything is handled so i'm just i'm curious of uh you know your general thoughts so i like the character too i thought it was really funny that um in this with this character he's supposed to be a korean man like native to korea and he has this very obvious american accent like this kind of new yorkish accent which i just i found that to be really funny <laughs> and um on second re- or third or fourth rewatch honestly of this show there are a lot of asian american actors in the show 
And I don't know, and I'm sure we'll find out, but I don't know how many of them are actually Korean because the actor who plays Charlie, his name was Jack Sue. Uh, and he is actually a Japanese-American actor. So later on in the show, he meets Henry to check out the desk that they're trying to barter for medicine with this character. And he puts on more of a Korean accent um, when he's talking to Henry to try to play off as if he's more Korean, I guess, than he is. I really, that, that was kind of weird. I took it as like less familiar with the, the American ways. Yeah. I don't know, not to sound weird, but he was trying to come off as more ignorant, I think, by by, by acting like he wasn't familiar with the American culture. Which is so strange because it's like he was supposed to be a general. So I'm really like, that's that's strange to me. But even so, strange, I guess it was just to but like... But I think the performance really saves it. I think there's a lot of like energy from from jack sue in this where he he just has like a really fun vibe and i think that is largely from the performance rather than kind of what they're actually doing him with with him on the page yeah and jack sue i i did some research on the actor jack sue as well and he was um he was basically like a born performer uh he he was most well known for his role in another sitcom the barney miller show which i actually have not seen one of the few old sitcoms I haven't seen. He's, as I said, he's a Japanese American. So during World War II, he was relocated to a Japanese internment camp, specifically the Topaz War Relocation Center in Utah, which apparently is like the most well-known internment camp for Japanese American citizens during that time. And he was called the camp favorite because he was performing the entire time he was there. He was doing dancing and singing and stuff like that. And he eventually made it onto Broadway after he you know after world war ii was over which i thought was just so crazy that's very interesting i don't think they could have i don't think they could have had a better actor to play this kooky kind of crazy guy um this black marketeer uh than jack sue and i just i think that that's so cool that's very interesting like obviously japanese internment camps are like very 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 bad but it is interesting when you hear uh people who lived it kind of go on to have it's seemingly a very interesting very like good career for that time period yeah absolutely like we've said uh his performance kind of makes this character and makes this episode um there are other things that i I like a lot about this episode as well i like the general story i like how it escalates how they try to steal the desk from henry's office at night but then they get stuck in the room i like how everything kind of becomes dire like a little bit because it is funny but they're also trying to get this thing that they need from the situation and the ending when the wall when they knock the wall down and send the desk off in a helicopter (laughs) i thought was like incredible (laughs) watching this episode again uh reminds me so much of how this was a lot more of the sitcom era of this show specifically so because the show rans for so long there was definitely a a tonal shift eventually in the first few seasons the earlier seasons for sure it had more of a sitcom funny vibe and this was very much like very sitcom at like very 1970s sitcom of this show for this episode and I I like that there was some there's something nostalgic about it that I really like dramatic hard-hitting show that's coming back and still being a sitcom I really like it 
as someone less familiar with the 70s sitcom as you are, <laughs> I, I like this kind of hijink where it's they're in a situation and the situation gets worse. Like it constantly builds off itself. And then the resolution is like insane. Like just the the shots that they actually get of them watching the helicopter fly off <laughs> and just how mystified Henry is like watching it happen. I thought was genuinely very funny. Yeah, and again, watch having watched all the show and knowing the older episodes as well, it's really funny to... That was so quintessential mash to me, that desk flying off into, you know... <laughs> the, them selling off the desk and it fly the shot of it flying off into the distance that was so something that was like well well that's definitely mash mm -hmm. um do we have any other thoughts we want to address uh before kind of wrapping up I don't really want to end on a negative-ish note, but I tried to get to this before. So as I said, watch rewatching this show uh, again from the beginning, you kind of see the the time period a little bit where we said Jack Su is a Japanese American actor and this is set in Korea obviously it's on the it's about the Korean War and the joke at the end which I thought was um obviously it's a little bit of a racist joke where Henry says to Charlie's character at the end don't you have a we cousin mentioned that um, just to explain this a bit, Charlie posed as a general to inspect Henry's oh, yeah. desk <laughs> earlier in the episode. And then Charlie shows up again to drop off the medical supplies after the, the desk kind of gets into his possession. Uh, so Henry kind of sees Charlie in this moment and Charlie's like head ducking and trying to avoid eye contact with him. And Henry says like, oh, are you related to that general that I met with earlier? And and then Charlie responds like, oh, well, you know what they say, we, we all look alike, like kind of making fun of racism. Yeah. I, again, I don't think that it would fly today, regardless. But that brought up for me um, an aspect of the show that watching it in the 21st century and being a little bit more aware I noticed, I, I have been noticing when I rewatch episodes of MASH that, you know, there are Asian actors and not all of them are Korean, even though they're supposed to be Korean. And I think that, I don't think the show is like that self-aware to be making this joke of like, oh, look, we're using this Asian actor because these white people don't understand that, you know, we can use Asian, like that not all Asian people look the same. I... I'm curious as we continue to watch it and as we do a little bit more research about the show, how how many actually like Korean actors were on were featured in the show, certainly like later on as well. You can definitely see there are actors that are reused um, a lot <laughs> to play different characters. I, I'm excited to see the change hopefully in that as the show goes on that they actually use korean actors a little bit more i should say as well that 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 joke that oh well you know what we said they say they we all look the same um that's actually brought up in a more negative way throughout the show a little bit more throughout like you know in in future episodes and it's kind of rebuked um as well it's used as like a negative thing and it immediately almost immediately like hey that's not right so i wouldn't say the show's racist but like they do utilize some like racist jokes sometimes yeah, it's one of those things and we talked about this last episode as well but 
it's difficult to look at something like this, like outside of its own context. I imagine having a TV show at this time in the 1970s with so many prominent Asian characters and like guest roles and everything. I imagine that was kind of groundbreaking and kind of progressive, but having it, having look back on today and how they handled the production, the jokes they wrote for these actors, it's one of those things where it's like, it is a step forward, but also not necessarily where we want to be today. And, you know, it's something we have to acknowledge that this show is nearly 50 years old. It's, it's yeah, a difficult absolutely. line to walk, and I'm sure it's something we will keep addressing as the show goes on. What's so funny? What's so funny about this as well? I just I just looked it up. Margaret Cho actually said about this show. She was she's a Margaret Cho is a Korean American stand up comedian, and she said she was like, well, you know, there's never any like Korean people on TV. Like, there's no Korean representation except like maybe sometimes in Mash. So <laughs> I just like one of her stand up that just reminded me of this. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if we'll need to have a recurring segment in our show being like, this is the racist bit of the episode, but it is something we should kind of keep addressing, you know, acknowledge that it's there and not try to condemn it for being of its time. Because that's not a good way to look at art. You can't look at art and be like, oh, well, this doesn't hold up with my modern standards of how we want things to be. You kind of do have to look at it with the lens of of this is what like it's trying I, to like be like i said with time. last episode like we would be remiss not to mention it when there's like yeah. overtly racist things but uh, as i said um or I, I i had said to you i don't know if i ever said it on the podcast but i was saying to you in the show there they do deal with racism and it kind of uh it's always seen as like a bad thing a negative thing like real racism like there's storylines that deal with it and it's always it's never like oh yeah th this is right it's always rebuked as this is the wrong this person is bad for saying these things or doing these things or engaging this way in fact we'll be getting into that a little bit more in the coming episodes because there is some real real stuff that goes on in the next few episodes so <laughs> Ooh, i'm excited i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> Um, though it's very exciting. So to kind of get us out of this territory, do you have any particular favorites from this episode? Any favorite line? Any favorite like character interaction? Um, uh, before we wrap up, I just gotta say one more time, like shout out to Henry for being like the worst commanding officer ever, right? Like Henry's so <laughs> delightful though. He is. I love like, him. I love him in his fishing hat. It's so <laughs> funny looking. He is really, like we said, he is the epitome of really not wanting to be there but kind of having to be there uh, even more so than I feel like Hawkeye and Trapper are. He's just so not cut out for it. And he's a lieutenant colonel. So it, it's really interesting. I, I just love Henry's character. There was a, two really good bits where Henry is like, oh, well, I'm a doctor too, you know, and he points to his diploma on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And Trapper, I think, is like, oh, that's your high school diploma. <laughs> like, of course he has a medical degree. But I, it's just funny that he chose to hang up his <laughs> high school diploma on the wall. 
yeah rather than his degree um also the bit where they bring charlie in to look at the desk and hawkeye is like oh this desk is big henry how did you get it into the such a small room and then henry is just like oh well you take the top off of it and then hawkeye and trapper like look at each other and be like oh you take the top off like (laughs) they didn't like implying that they tried to just steal the desk earlier i thought was like a good joke that we didn't like filled in with your imagination that they're trying to get it through the door and they're like oh we can't do it so now we have to devise a whole scheme to have this general look at it instead Yeah, I this uh, this episode was really fun. I like this episode a lot. Good episode. I think it's a good episode too. Just again, very surprised with how well established everything already feels and how much energy there is. I'm like, yeah, some stuff doesn't hold up, but it is a good show to kind of look back on and be like, wow, this is a uh, very unique for its era. So with that, we've concluded our second episode of Mashmouth. We'd just like to give some thanks to Jacob Furbalco for being our technical consultant, Melissa, my sister, for cover art, and of course, our listeners. As of the recording of this podcast, we still don't have our music, but it will be linked in the description by the time it comes up. You can follow us on social media at Valently Off Balance. You can follow Ethan on Instagram at Ethan Was Cool, and you can follow me, Vanessa, at Unvanessary. And until next time, take the top of your desk off before trying to get it through the door. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everybody.